hello and welcome to the Midnight Film Review. My name is Brian Stevens and with me is... Hey, it's Aaron from Suburban Dad Pop. Aaron, should we just get this elephant that's not in the room out of the way? We were supposed to be joined by a third mm-hmm. party tonight and they uh, they canceled last minute. Yeah, I, I have heard that this person also has an interest in podcasting. Yeah, right. You've you've been on it before, correct? Yeah, I have. Where's Chunk, man? Chunk the Punk was supposed to be the the host of uh, the Afternoon Yap, and he last minute, a couple hours ago, said, "Man, I'm sorry, guys, I can't make it." And, um, I'm disappointed. I, I yeah. wanted to hear what he had to say. I was looking forward to the the three man booth. It would have been like uh, the Manning brothers and their special guest. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But that's okay. That's more airtime for us. Um, right. You know, uh, Chunk likes to, to, to bloviate, so we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll miss him, but uh, yes. will, will we really? I don't know. Um, it's not a video game, so it's all right. <laughs> uh, he did have some thoughts. I actually, so he did, he did. We're, we're live on TikTok right now, um, which, I mean, this is not live, so you're not going to know this until uh, you're listening to it uh, t- tomorrow. Uh, but um, do you have your phone ready? Can you read some of his yeah. thoughts real fast about the show? Sure. I'm going to pop it up right um, now. Obviously, um, you know, we're not going to dig t- too much into what he has to say. Yeah. He gives his generalized thoughts. We'll get, save those for ourselves for at the end. But um, yeah, yeah, I think I think uh, I think he had some some interesting things to say. He had I'll just go over a few of them. Um, first point, I think of his being quote unquote, I didn't think the leads had much chemistry other than fighting. The second point, I love the nods to the thing, resident evil, etc., And I, I think he probably by and large means horror movies in general. Mm-hmm. Um, although the resident evil is like chunk is a huge video game guy. And that's obviously one of the like most popular video games ever. I believe it is. It, it's evil. one of and, it, and resident evil is also one of my favorite video games as well. So I'm sure. right there with him. And then uh, Chunk, okay, full spoiler, says they uh, screwed up by not showing any kind of monster. So um, I'm just going to point to that one right now, and I'm going to say I think Chunk is wrong. I thought it was Hitchcockian, and I thought they did it the right way. I don't know if you in a way in now, but uh, that's that. those were his big three thoughts, I think. Yeah, he um, and we'll, I, we'll touch on some things later. I think, okay. and and uh, but yeah, the, I I I don't I'm I don't disagree with too much of what he said. Um, uh-huh. We'll get to it. I, I do want to preface this episode a little bit because, um, you know, we'll get into our thoughts, and I, I we haven't mm-hmm. talked about this. We we always save the way we feel yeah. about this typically till we get here. Yeah, sorry, chunk. That's why I yelled at you on text. <laughs> Yeah, I, read I, mean, your, <laughs> I read your text in the wrong order. I said, "Quit giving us your notes. We're not live yet." And then I and then I backtracked, and I was like, "Oh, uh, you can't join us." <laughs> but we like to come into this fresh. Yeah. Uh, I think it helps right. the show. Um, I just, I really, to be honest with you, I, I was confused, uh, and I was reading a lot of. Uh, I read reviews typically before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we do the, our podcast, but I don't listen to any podcasts until after we record our podcast because I don't want to be influenced yeah. really. But I I I did not I I could not go to sleep Sunday night uh, mm-hmm. until I I was like I I've got to listen to the watch, um, which is Andy Greenwald and Chris Ryan's podcast. Andy Greenwald famously um, created the TV show Briar Patch, which I haven't seen. Um, they are oh, both, okay, sure, yeah, they both. Um, 
they they started out doing this uh they're you know tv critics they yeah started the watch at the ringer network five or six years ago maybe maybe mm-hmm. longer than that um really respectable i i really enjoy their opinions and and then I also read Alan Seppenwall's review at Rolling Stone and their mm-hmm. opinions could not be further apart. Oh, interesting. Uh, I read Seppenwall, but I haven't listened to the ring to the the podcast. Um, I did send you a snippet. I don't know. Were you, were you able to listen to the snippet? I sent no, you. No, no, I had, I had after work stuff today. I couldn't okay. get a hold of it. So, um, uh, he's, it's just kind of a jokey thing that they, when they uh, talk about uh, time as a flat circle, it's kind of funny, but it yeah. couldn't be on opposite ends of the spectrum. And I don't know, again, I don't know how you felt, but like felt about the episode, we'll get to it. But mm-hmm. this is far and away the most divisive, divisive episode of television. And I'm not joking. Yeah. Maybe since that Sopranos finale, I knew that's because what I was going to say, right? You did, you did that. Okay. Because, mm-hmm. The, it's not like, oh, you kind of like, like the, it's either people love it or people hate it. And right. there is no real in between. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that I'm kind of in between. Like, I'll just be honest yeah. with you. Like, I, I, I am kind of in that gray area. And we'll talk about yeah. it. And we'll dig into it. There, there are certainly some um, things to dig into. But I, I just, I couldn't really reckon um, my, um, my take uh, completely okay. until, until I, I, I heard some other people articulate how they felt. And it just honestly reaffirmed how I felt because I agreed with them and disagreed with them. And, and sure. Um, um, but that being said, uh-huh. let, do you have anything you want to preface before we dig in? No, man, let's, let's just go for it. All right. So we left off in the Pentultimate episode, which I think we both agree um, up until this episode was the best episode of, of, of the, of the season by far. Sure. Yeah, yeah, would, I would agree with that 100%. Uh, we, we left with um, our true detectives heading into the storm, and we opened with them um, kind of doing some more uh, Better Call Saul camera work, popping yeah. into the ice, giving, your, giving the viewpoint, looking up at them, and I enjoyed that. Yeah, we left off, or we began this episode right where we left off last episode, pretty much. Right, yeah. Uh, so the the storm is raging it's new year's mm-hmm. uh, and we're at the ice with you mentioned with 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 uh, navarro and danvers digging mm-hmm. and i really thought this was a beautiful opening um like yeah. you said just well shot and again i'll reiterate this i think you feel the same way this show is just beautiful to look at they did Amazing. such a great job so good i think uh you could if you were a, a, a film major um through the course of your studies, I think you could really do a chapter in a course or, or some kind of big outline in a course about uh, the camera work and, and the way this, this whole season is shot. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. It's completely gorgeous. It's its own kind of style. I need to see more from yeah. Miss Lopez and uh, compare it to her other works, but uh, her camera style is so classic and gorgeous. It's almost the style kind of like how Wes Anderson has his own style mm-hmm. or Scorsese mm-hmm. has his own style. Um, it's it's she's so unique in what she does, but it's so classic at the same time. It's really it's really inspiring. It's great stuff. And I feel like it definitely lends towards horror, her style. And mm-hmm. I, I I think um, I, it makes me want to really dig into her other stuff that is more uh, in the horror realm. Um, sure. And I think that that's probably where she's going to probably dwell. It seems like that's what she's attracted to. Um, yeah. And I just think that yeah, her style really leads to that 
creepiness in that atmospheric. Mm-hmm. This, this show is very atmospheric and, uh, absolutely. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. So we get into the ice cave and the, uh, the, the detectives are looking around mm-hmm. and we start hearing what sounds like voices or talking or something. And at first you're kind of thinking, uh, is Navarro hearing voices? Is she going to yeah. have a break? And then we see what we think is Clark or at least it kind of looks like him. And she right. starts, she heads down this very narrow, um, like crack in the ice. And yeah. Danvers is just kind of like, really, we're doing this. This is where we're going. Yeah. Okay. Come back. Come on though. Right, right. And, uh, only to find out that, uh, there it, it was Clark and there was yeah. a, um, under the ice is a lab where they were mm-hmm. doing research. Yeah. The secret lab. Right. And we quickly, they, they start, you know, looking through the area and, uh, they see, you see the bones up above you, um, mm-hmm. whatever that creature was, which yeah. I don't think it has anything to really do right with, right. W- with what is unfolds like the micro, uh, the micro, um, Organism organisms, that, whatever. Yeah. Which we talked about. We, that's one thing that we got right, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I don't, really, I don't think that, that really has anything to do with that animal. I think it's just kind of a, a symbol, right? The, the, yeah, uh, it's, it's more of the spiral. The, the animal's the remains are in the spiral shape. Right. Yeah. Which is it. clever because that's showing you where the break in the ice is as well. Yes, exactly. Yes. We see, uh, you know, they start doing some detective work and we see a mm-hmm. uh, star shaped, um, mm-hmm utensil that was uh, presumably used to kill Annie right. Kay. And so um, they realized this is where it happened. Yeah. Um, and I think this part of the episode opening this way, again, very atmospheric, very creepy, yeah. very um, uh, horror centric, that vibe yeah. and some really, I think decent um, detective work in this, in this first opening scene, your thoughts. Uh, I agree with all that for sure. Uh, it was a long shot too. It was, it was yeah. it really felt like it was going on. I, I bet it was probably, I, I don't know. I'm just going to throw a number out there. I bet it was maybe like six minutes or even five minutes, but it felt like it was 15. Yeah. And that, that lends really well to Lopez's ability to drag out scenes and add tension. Exactly. Yes. I thought it was really well done. Really great way to open the show. Agreed. So Danvers and Navarro, they realize there's a hatch, so they work mm-hmm. their way up the ladder. It's very deep, right? This is a, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, that was big. I mean, I don't know how many feet, but it's probably at least seventy five. Wouldn't you say feet? Yeah, it, looked, I mean, it looked like seven or eight stories. Yeah, tall. it was. It's it was a tall. lot. Yeah. So they get up there, they open the hatch, and they realize, okay, this leads to to Sala, right? Right. And uh, they start slowly creeping around looking for Clark. Clark bum rushes Danvers, throws her into um, a sealed room with uh, yeah, where the the organism kind of samples where I imagine. Yeah, where the it's like a, a, a freezer of some sort, um, mm-hmm. and then proceeds to sneak up behind Navarro and crack her in the head. We then get. Uh, you know, Jodie Foster's character Danvers beating the hell out of glass with a metal pole until it shatters as he's dragging Navarro through the hallway. She's like following. And then we hear noise only to find out that (laughs) Navarro has woken up and she's beaten the crap out of Clark. 
Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that particular part because that was a super funny kind of cut. And this episode had some really uh, uh, funny some funny devices for me. Like we're going to go, we'll mention it later on, uh, but uh, when, when Danvers gets some coffee, and, and that, that was really funny to me after they're, they're done starting to interrogate uh, Clark. They're like, hey, you want some coffee? And then it was just funny, like she, then Danvers eats some Funyuns, and there's just some other darkly yeah. funny moments. But yeah, that was a, a really, really good cut. I enjoyed that as well. Now there is, I did have one issue with this and Uh maybe you can fix this for me or maybe you agree with me. I don't know. I just didn't really understand why he attacked them. Hmm. I'm having a hard time with Clark's character. I'll be honest with you. I can understand your hard time with Clark's character, but he, he attacked them. He probably didn't have a plan other than to attack them because we're going to find out later in, in the episode that, he killed Annie. Right. And, and the cops are there. So I, I, maybe he could have stayed in hiding. I don't know. It's probably a little bit of a plot device, but uh, he's going to try to subdue them or something. He's just, I, he's not going to try to make his way out of there during a blizzard. He yeah. Can't go and, on, he can't go in the lamb during a blizzard. Right, well, there you go. Yeah. And maybe that's why he's there is because that's the only safe spot for him in the blizzard, right? He right. can't be wandering through town or hopping yeah. from place to place. Well, he's been in the ice cave the whole time, right? I mean, that's what I would would think. Yes, right. Yeah. I mean, that would be the, the most obvious uh, mm-hmm. answer to the question. I we'll talk more about Clark in a little bit, but sure. I, his character just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I, I will. We'll get there. Okay. With it, but then we cut to um, uh, Peter's cleaning up the mm-hmm. mess, and Leah shows up. And yeah. speaking of Better Call Saul, this is a very uh, breaking yeah. down better, better call Saul scene right. where he, that he notices everything's clean except yeah. there's a tooth. His, right. uh, presumably his dad's tooth lodged yeah. into the wall. Right. And, um, he quickly has to cover and make up a, a, a very, uh, d- you know, tr- dramatic story yeah. uh, about, you know, what he's doing and, uh, right. why, why Leah needs to leave. And if he can take her back home, yeah. I, again, and I mentioned this, I've mentioned this, Every I think every episode that we've done, I've mentioned this. I wanted to see more of of Leah and Peter. I think sure. that their their relationship, and I wanted to see more of Leah. Period. And I, honestly, yeah. that was a big letdown. She doesn't play a part in this episode at all, really. Right. Um. And in fact, I don't. Really she only think, has two scenes: this week and and in the very end. Yeah, and I just, I, I just, I felt like her character was not fleshed out enough. And I think uh, we got plenty of Peter this episode, I think Mm -hmm. uh, doing things, but man, I just think that that dynamic is really interesting. Um, and it's in a way, um, they are, um, surrogate children of Danvers, right? Absolutely. They're brother and sisters. Yeah. Um, and I thought this scene, you can tell that they love each other, right? That they care. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but anyways, she Go knows ahead. he's troubled right off the bat and something's going down um, and he has to lie his way out of it. And, and the actor, I'm sorry, I can't, I, I don't have his name in front of me who plays Pete Peter is such a good actor portraying being such a bad liar. Yes. I think yeah. that really takes some skill to do that. And he portrayed that really, really well. Uh, the other thing with the tooth of that, uh, 
that I just wanted to mention really quickly is that, yeah, definitely better call Saul vibes to it. But it also reminded me of the next to last episode of The Sopranos where Tony yeah. uh, gets Coco's tooth out of his his, his uh-huh. pants at the psychiatrist's yeah. office, which yep. is also darkly funny. Yes, yes, which is right. Yeah. Which is a, that's a good call, too. Um, uh, this uh, Combine this with the opening scene, we're off to a, a pretty decent start. Yes. Uh, we then... Uh, but things right here quickly divert. So I know exactly where you're going to go. Go ahead. So Peter drives back to mm-hmm. his house and drops Leah off. Uh, his wife, Kayla comes out to the car and um, <laughs> basically is like, I-, I know you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. Um, right. What's going on? And he's like, yeah. I promise when this is over, I'm all yours. Like, yeah. And, and, they kiss and just the way that this scene is written. <laughs> like, I don't like Leah understanding that something's wrong. Makes yeah. sense. Sure. In the context of the, what, why does Kayla think that there's something wrong? Like, why does she even come out to the car? Like what? Like I just, it, it, the whole situation. Well, maybe Leah told her something was wrong. Because Leah uh, could sense it. Maybe is that in the show though? I don't think I saw that. I don't know if that scene happened in the show. Well, no, I'm saying maybe in the previous scene, Leah could maybe tell Pete was full of crap, and then when she when Pete drops her off, maybe Leah's like, "Hey, something saying this to Kayla. Something is off with Pete. Something's not right. You better go check on him." Okay, fair enough. I, maybe I don't know, but that would that could make sense, I suppose. Again, their relationship is the biggest. Sure turd of this show in my opinion like i just <laughs> yeah i wrote i wrote in my notes that the hand job she gave him in front of their son was less awkward than that scene. <laughs> yes <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly what well, right the, the and i totally agree I, yeah i man i just i don't i don't understand the choices um, and, and me and poor i just feel bad for the act i don't have the actress's name that plays kayla anna lamb is her name I just feel like she was put in a terrible position with this character. That's that's just how I feel. Yeah. Um, you can only, yeah. You can only work with what you got in front of you. All right. So then, so he, le- so uh, presumably they leave and um, mm-hmm. we're back and they are interrogating. Uh, or they've, they've tied uh, Clark up and yeah. they're interrogating him. And Navarro keeps asking him, did you ever really love Annie? Did you ever really yeah. love Annie? keep saying he yeah. did he did tell me um, you love her again tell, tell me, me you love her again, again. Yeah. um which again is a very powerful scene yeah um she then takes uh the video out of uh, her last moments and yeah. plugs headphones into it duct tapes his mouth shut and his the headphones to his ears and yeah. lets it play on loop while uh they go and uh have some coffee take a yeah. break that's that was one of the funnier parts i was mentioning like oh you want a cup of coffee I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was, yeah, yeah. Well, he's being forced to live that moment over and over. I thought that was, that was deeply, um, kind of, kind of darkly, darkly funny. So that was, that was, that was interesting. Yeah. I don't think we'd seen those dark kind of funny moments yet. Maybe we have, maybe they sailed over my head, but I can't recall a lot of them. And I'll, okay. So I'll bring this up now. Um, and maybe we'll touch on it again at the end, but this scene where they go into the kitchen and they're having a moment together and Funyuns. yeah, the Funyuns and he's like, really Funyuns. Yeah. We didn't see nearly enough of them just being humans and 
uh, having mm. a relationship outside of bickering. That's and true. I just, I think this is a huge miss for this show. I, mm-hmm. I, I because I think the chemistry is there. I right. think the background is there, but the way that this story was told, it doesn't develop them, their characters together. We don't have enough. Of, we don't know enough about their history. We don't know enough about their relationship. You know, last week we were yeah. speculating on whether or not they maybe were romantic. I don't think that's the case from what I've seen um, in this episode. Um, I would agree with that, but they definitely love and care for each other um, as you would your best friend or someone that was really close to you. Yeah. And I, it just, it, it really bothers me that they didn't, we didn't get to see them even if it was in a flashback and flashbacks sure. in, in this show was, we'll talk about that later on. I just, the yeah. way the flashbacks are done, in the show is not done. And I don't think in a very good way, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't do much to unfold the story or, or t- there, there's one instance that I, I will say I'm wrong about, but the, the, I think that we could have benefited for some backstory with these two. Sure. And, and uh, I think a way you could have done that is just having them to, to strengthen their camaraderie is having them maybe when they're shaking down people make a, a joke here or there or just, yeah. Um, just not being at each other's throats for 95% yeah. of their dialogue. Give us, you know, it doesn't have to be a hundred percent or it doesn't have to be a super high percentage, but you know, like, I don't know, get, throw some jokes and moments of levity because the, the moments of levity obviously worked in this episode. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. And there just wasn't enough. And, right. um, we look. I mean, I, I don't necessarily like comparing this to season one too much, but yeah. I mean, honestly, Isa Lopez is kind of put herself in that position because she's called back to it so many times. But right. part of what was so fun about um, Russ and Marty is how stoic and dry Russ it was, yeah. and how annoyed <laughs> Marty was 90% of the time, yeah. but right. they had those moments of levity together. Right. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and this, we just don't get enough of it. Um, yeah. but I, I really love that scene as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, that, uh, we, an orange falls out of the fridge. Navarro yeah. mentions uh, about her mom loving oranges. And so we kind of get a little backstory about the orange. Um, right. Just an, another though, just another character piece that I think, um, could have been done better. But, yeah. Um, the oranges grew on me, I'll say, over the course of yeah. the season. I, I don't know about yeah. you, but I, I thought that was an annoying plot device at first. But by the way, by the time it wrapped up, I was okay with it. Yeah, I know. I I was too. I think so. Um, and we leave that scene with Danver cutting out a mm-hmm. um, spiral in the, in, uh, with the orange. Um, yeah. Good imagery. Um, sure. So we go back. We get back to Clark. And mm-hmm. that's when he kind of unloads what was going yeah. on. Right. So... I don't think we need to rehash necessarily everything here because if you were this far into it, you've watched the show, you know what's happening. So let's just touch on some of the main points really is that he's an unreliable narrator because what he is telling them is not matching what we're seeing on screen completely Mm -hmm. um, because he never admits to actually killing. Right. Okay. Essentially. And, and so this is my first huge problem with this episode Uh and we'll see what you think. So, Annie Kay is um, the real true detective, right? I mean, she's sure. the one. She's the one that's really solving this. Uh, yes, and so <laughs> she basically figures out. Um, which again, we can talk about this. Uh, 
they are using pollution to to heat the permafrost, which yeah. Let, like, okay, let's just stop here for a second. This <laughs> one, this is not how pollution works, unless yeah. unless it's some type of radioactive material, which presumably they're not. We don't. Do we know yeah. what they're mining for? Gold, right? Is it gold? Okay, that yeah. makes that's fine. I would imagine so. Um, yeah. I, I am not super familiar with how to, how to mine for yeah. gold, but I can't imagine. I mean, sure. Maybe the chemicals you use to um, expose whatever yeah. would definitely cause runoff possibly. And sure. it makes sense to poison the, 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 the townspeople that would yeah. be enough um, honestly to, to make me mad. But like the fact that the, the fact that the scientists are like, we're going to fudge these numbers because it's helping us because it's melting. It's like, somebody said, why not just get some blow dryers out? Like this doesn't make <laughs> any sense. This is not how right. pollution works. Like it, it was a step too far. They could have just had, we were fudging yes. numbers for the mining company. That, yes, it you didn't don't have to go, go any further than that. No. Instead you make this super intricate reason that they're doing this. And yeah. it could have just simply been like, Hey, they're funding us to do this and we're yeah. doing it. Not that right. the pollution is helping. Like it just, it was a step too far. And I understand what she's trying to say in the way mm-hmm. that science can be manipulated. And, you know, just like any other um, entity that is in need of funding, sure. scientists lie all the time. Right. Like yeah. we, we, I'm not going to get political, but like we uncover new things every day about yeah. reasons that science lied to us. I mean, you could go all the way back to this Tuskegee experiments. They will do sure. messed up things. So this is not yeah. unbelievable. It's just the way right. that you wrote this and laid this out is so dumb. Like yeah. it, it, it doesn't have to be this complicated. Like right. I didn't understand it. If you wanted to make it even more complicated, like that would make more sense. You could just maybe do a quick cheesy camera panda the scientists are on the take to all have someone's addicted to porn. Somebody's likes to gamble yeah. somebody, you know, they're just scuzzy guys that are happen to be brilliant and can fudge numbers. You could have just done that. If you wanted to take it a step further, you didn't have to and, get the whole permafrost thing. I, and, and the other thing too, about the scene is we see that she starts destroying the lab and Lund finds her and <laughs> you know, he starts to beat her. And then what all of a sudden, shit? yeah, loses his shit, which, okay, that's fine. You know, but then to have all the other scientists come down and basically just lynch her, it was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. And it makes no sense. Not one person there is going to be like, hey, guys, maybe yeah. we shouldn't kill her. Right. Like, I under, like, it just, to me, it undermines the credibility of the show because it's just so outlandish and unbelievable. And you could, there's a way to do the Clark thing as a mercy killing, he loved her. Right. And so he, he realized like, she's dying. I just, I, this, I need to do this because her eyes hang out. You know, she's been just mutilated essentially. That's fine. Why can't Lund just be the killer? And then guess what? He blackmails all the rest of the guys into helping him cover it up and dispose of the body. Right. Why is that yeah. not the plot? Why do we have literally seven guys taking terms, kicking yeah. and beating her? It just, it made, it just made no sense to me. I, I'll, I, I'm not in disagreement with you at all right there, but I will raise, raise the stakes and just say, why couldn't, you know, Lund runs down there and shakes her through in an ice cave. People hear them wrestling around and he's not trying to kill her necessarily. People hear her wrestling around and she slips and breaks her neck. 
they're on ice, then they all just they have they're all have to be complicit into it. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, there there was a, a there's, I mean, this could have been written a million different ways. Sure. And I, I don't. I just to me it was like silly in a way, right? Yeah. Like typically when you see like m- like this type of thing, like for instance, uh, the movie Wind River, which I'm not a huge fan of Wind River, mm-hmm. but have you are you familiar with that movie? I, I am not. Okay, I don't want to spoil anything for for Wind River, so I won't mention it. But mm-hmm. this is this type of thing has been done right before, like um you know when uh um someone who is a minority has been um especially a female minority has been mm-hmm. um singled out and yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that it, ha- it had to be like a sexual violence but it's typically something that leads to this like uh, over a long period of time um not just like five men literally instantly right. losing their crap uh, because she broke instruments and it that took two years to fix or whatever and it just it just it, yeah i don't want to dwell on it anymore but it really bothered me because it just to me was nonsensical it was out of character for seemingly a half dozen science guys. And, you know, if you're, if you have friends who were in uh, masters of science programs in, in college or just know people who work at research labs, they're, they're tend to be, I don't know. It's a trope. You think they're just kind of nice nerdy people. It doesn't seem like they can switch into violent killers at the drop of a hat. Right. Right. Un- but here's the other thing mm-hmm. that the show doesn't really, delve into is unless there was something about the organism or the sure. runoff that was making people violent or have tendencies that were, you know, yeah, and that's easy to write into the show as well. And I'm sure, sure that there, you could find some sort of organism or something that, you know, um, causes this, right? right. I mean, that could be in that too, right? Like, sure. I, I just don't know. And maybe yeah. there is something that was cut out of the show that we don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But this just really, bothered me um all right so then you know clark kills her um but he doesn't tell them that he, he yeah that's shown but not he they don't know that right um what do you think about that well i th- i think it's it's to highlight um the domestic violence issues that that go on in in the communities in a lot of indigenous communities especially the more north you get um it could have been anybody but right. it was supposed to be a mercy killing and uh, in the end, Annie is uh, maybe I'm simplifying it, but in the end, she is a victim of domestic violence. Yes, in the end, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so we then get and so Danvers basically tells Navarro like, "Hey, if you want to kill him, I'm not going to stop you." Yeah. Like basically, she's disgusted, and um, that we have a flashback that reveals that it was Navarro who pulled the trigger and killed mm-hmm. Wheeler, yeah. and. Um, and she basically was like, if you, I was going to do it, you did it first. I was going to do yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I, I would have been okay. We talked about this last episode, maybe the one before it. Um, if they just would have left that ambiguous, that would, that would have been okay. I don't hate that they showed us it was Navarro, but I also just, just for the record would have been okay with, uh, when us never really finding out who it was. That would have been okay. Completely agree with you. Yes, I, I am too. Um, I would have preferred it, but again, sure. that's it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, okay, so then basically Clark tells of that night when mm-hmm. the scientists and he 
he says it was Annie. Annie came back yeah. to for her revenge, and mm-hmm. that he ran to the uh, hatch and held it yeah. shut. I, I think he said he was set there for five hours, maybe. Um, I just watched it before I I came on with you, and he said uh, I rewatched it. That is, and he said I was down there for an hour or a week. So uh, I, I don't okay. think he really knew. Okay, yeah, he was, he was just down, down there. there. Yeah, um, because he believed that they came back to to or Annie came yeah. back to get her her revenge. So and she did right. That's when uh, she's awake. Yeah, that, that was yeah. Annie yeah. And, and the well. We're gonna. I'm just gonna jump ahead just a little bit. Annie and the rest of the people she came with entering yeah. Salal. That when when he kind of seized up and said she's awake, like Annie was there. I think. Yeah. No. I. I. I I think that the show definitely lends that, right? Yeah. Because it's mentioned uh, her spirit was with 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 them. Um, yeah. Uh, so Danvers then goes to bed in what she dreams of her son holding Holden, and she wakes up freezing, and the power is off. Right. Danvers then finds Navarro outside, and Clark is frozen. Um, mm-hmm. Navarro um, doesn't deny letting him leave, and do you um, think she made him leave? You know, um, and she just stood out there in her burka or not burka, excuse me, her parka and her warm clothes and just had a gun and just watched him. He didn't, he didn't walk very far away. He just walked five, right. like, five down the stairs. It's a good question. I, I, I mean, again, we, it's unreliable narrator, but I don't right. know why. I mean, like, I don't know that she would have a reason to, to lie to Danvers, even though Danvers is upset. Cause like, that's our only witness. Yeah. Like, why did that's you do fair. that? Yeah. Um, and she's like, I re- basically like, I, I got it covered. I recorded him uh, confessing. So, right. But I yeah. don't know. So Damers just, just kind of thought I off. have. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I don't know. I mean, I, I yeah. she, either way, she knew what he was going to do. Like if, if he, or yeah. she was, he was going to die. Like it was, there was, he, he asked he, to, to do it himself earlier too. He's like, I'll do it too. So yeah, he probably did. Right. Just, just, a, just a thought I had. Uh, so Danvers is kind of ticked at her for, for basically letting him die and Mm -hmm. they're sitting around a campfire and Navarro mentions that, um, they have this like conversation and, but she, uh, basically says that, you know, that Holden comes, calls out to, to Navarro. Yeah. And, uh, did this just blows Danvers lit off. Right. Yeah. And she starts going off. Not very happy. On her. No. Um, and it, she, so they, they have this like confrontation and this is a, I think this was, so this is a good scene in theory, but I don't really know that it played out the way that Lopez really wanted. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I, I think you had to get, resolution with Danvers uh, and, and and the loss of her son. So I think they had to put it in somewhere towards the end. Um, I wasn't that upset with the execution. I was <laughs> just the pragmatic nerd in me. I'm like, they're going to get carbon monoxide poisoning from that fire. That's, <laughs> yeah. that sucks. <laughs> I, I, to me, the, the reason I, it's like, I just, yeah. 
Like there's a, it's Navarro is trying to be comforting and tender and Danger's right. skepticism is still like on full display. Her and skepticism just, and her, she hasn't dealt with her loss yet either at all. There you go. Yeah, you're right. She's still in the anger stage mm. of grief, grief. Yeah. And, I, and that's fine. It just, it felt like it was really, I don't know. It was really forced in a, in, in a way, I they guess. could have brought I, up Holden talking to Navarro. Earlier in the series, this could have been when Navarro brings yes. it up. They could have this been yes. the third or fourth time. Yes, I, I agree. Yes, that would I it would have played out much better. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so then uh, Danvers, you know, leaves Navarro, and when Danvers mm-hmm. comes back, Navarro is walked out into the full forces of the storm. Ugh. And Navarro had mentioned earlier that she wanted to discover her her native name. Yeah, and um she's walking and she's having one of those visions and mm-hmm. she learns it and I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Maybe you can, but I, no, I, I was going to try to write it down, you know, phonetically, but I didn't even do that. So yeah. yeah. Um, but she learns it and Danvers is chasing after her yeah. and she falls through the ice mm-hmm. and she starts seeing, um, an image of Holden under the ice as she falls yeah. through. Right. And, um, all of a sudden hand reaches down it's navarro pulls her up brings yeah. her back inside and when she wakes up damers is like what did holden say to you yeah and she says he sees you mm-hmm. he sees you and i don't know what did you feel about this and what did you think that meant i thought it was touching um i was okay with it i, I the music in the background is really good too and that music is at the very end of it um I thought it was touching and I thought it meant like, uh, he's with you. He sees you. He knows what yeah, you're doing. So I, and so, um, I, I, um, thought this was, you know, cause I, I don't know that that's what he says to be yeah. honest, but I think that this was a way of Navarro kind of telling like Danvers, like you need to be better. Yeah. Like he's watching you. Yeah. Like, you you need to live, you know. Maybe cut back on the bottle a little bit. Right. Maybe love yourself a little more. That's he, the big he, one right he, there. Yeah. He sees you. He sees you. That's yeah. kind of the way I took it. And I sure. Thought that was pretty powerful. Yeah, um, absolutely. Myself. Um, and so uh, we, I I think it's this point. Um, I may have missed it, but we cut to Rose and mm-hmm. um, we cut to Rose. And Pete. And pee on the ice mm-hmm. and he's digging a hole. And this is a really cool scene because we yeah. just learned about everybody digs that- holes in the ice in this, in this whole episode. <laughs> yeah. it's, yes. it's a nice way to thread yes. everybody together. I liked it. Yeah. 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 You're right. Pete's hammering away at the ice and it flashes to John Hawks doing the same to save him. Yeah. Right. Because exactly. earlier in the previous episode, we learned that um, he had fell through the ice and, Hank had to dig through the ice to get his son and save him. And here he is digging through the ice mm-hmm. to b- bury his father. Although Pete and, didn't remember it. So maybe Hawks was, uh, or maybe Hank was full of shit and manipulating his son. Could be. Yeah. You're right. He, he said, I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, th- then we get another moment of levity because, um, Rose says, you're not going to want to see this part. Turn away. And he goes, I want to see everything. And he goes, you, she's like, you want to see me cut open your dead father's lungs so the air goes out of him? And you're just kind of like, oh, she's been here before. She knows right. what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. So do you, think, do you think her name was really Rose? That story she they talked about at Christmas with, she talked about the Christmas at Navarro. She uh-huh. came from somewhere else. 
you think she's uh, her name really isn't Rose and she's running for something? Or was she really a professor in her former life before she got to Alaska? Or what do you think? I mean, again, this show, this episode, mm-hmm. the show is full of unreliable narration. So yeah. I think... I think you're probably right. I don't think she is who she says she is. Right. I mean, I think her her past is a lot darker than what she described. Exactly. Um, I don't know a lot of college professors that have had to <laughs> cut someone open to release. Hey, what if you're a marine thing? biologist? Well, yeah, there may, maybe there you go. Yeah. Uh, she, but definitely didn't seem like her first rodeo. Did correct? It definitely did not. <laughs> so uh, they dispose of the body, and then we cut back to the storm is 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 has ended mm-hmm. and navarro begins to reflect you know uh, on um the case and it gives danver an idea to get basically i, I get some chemicals make luminol yeah. and look for fingerprints and hold the hatch, they hold the hatch yes yeah. right holding that and so they look at the hatch and they realize that the hatch was being held by someone who yeah. uh was missing uh, some fingers. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to um, stop just for a second. The it was holding the hatch. He was holding the hatch, holding and, the hatch. Yeah. And I thought yeah. there was a parallel, maybe holding her Hold, son's yeah. name, holding the hatch. That's, that's a good call. Out. I, I don't think that was probably a coincidence. No, I don't think, I don't think it was. I didn't pick that up, but that makes you're right. I it's agree. not Hodor, <laughs> but it's holding the hatch Hold the door. Yeah, yeah. Good point. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And it just, that makes sense because I feel like it has pulled from other, like we sure. mentioned uh, other shows and other HBO shows. So uh, yeah. I like that. Uh, and it just so happens the person that was holding the hatch on mm-hmm. the other side just happened to be Blair who yep. was missing fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, which <laughs> I mean, again, a little fortuitous that it just happened to be the person that was holding the hatch right. was the person who didn't have fingers um yeah call out to you you called this you mm. mentioned this from the very beginning i feel like we talked about this you and you uh even sent me some before this the episode started yeah. you sent me some predictions and you were right congratulations yeah. Big a bow. here's yeah. your flowers blind squirrel nut whatever broken clock <laughs> twice a day sure but yeah i just I, thought the, the way the camera lingered on her every time and her lack of dialogue Along with, oh gosh, her partner in crime. Literally. Wow. Literally and figuratively. The, the woman who does all the talking in a few scenes. They, anytime they were uh, on screen, there's uh, Isabella Lopez should be, or Isabella Lopez should be uh, lauded for knowing how long to keep the camera on them. It was perfect. Yeah. And the thing is, is um, we're going to talk about the end here in a minute, but, and, thus the uh, it wasn't one of those things where it's like out of left field or there's no way of knowing that the killer was the 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 clues were sprinkled there for us Mm -hmm. and again danvers says later on this episode a few minutes a few minutes we weren't asking the right question right we were instead of asking uh was it said who instead of asking who it was why instead of asking who killed annie we should be asking who knew who knew, who knew? That's, yeah, that's yeah. what it was. And so um, we get a flashback. Well, so it, I, do we get the flashback before, or do we go? It's more narration. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So basically, At the auntie's house. Yeah. So they go and um, 
what is not Blair? What's the other one's name? I can't. Um, well, it's it's the they all B. B. Yeah, B. B and uh, Blair and a bunch of other. Uh, and then I don't. I hope I'm not using this term in a pejorative sense. It's a term I certainly don't own. But and and the wonderful reservation dogs they refer to women like this as aunties. So they're aunties, going to the yeah, auntie's yeah. house, and that's where yeah. the co- the case is cracked. And so that they discovered that a group of women led by B and Blair Mm -hmm. entered with guns to round up the Solomon at gunpoint. And we see how they figured it out. Uh, B knocks over a bucket, realizes they're a hatch, goes down there, sees a weapon, uh, puts two and two together, similar to the way Danvers and and, um, um, Navarro Navarro did. Um, So, and then we see other ones taking pictures of of Mm -hmm. her body. I'll be honest. I, this did not work for me. Yeah. Um, I thought it was clunky as hell. Right. Um, I, there's two issues with this one. I don't have an issue with them necessarily solving the case. I, I that's fine. Um, yeah. th- letting these women have that, but the way that the, the incident is portrayed in the beginning, mm-hmm. ca- the powers cut, right. All this yeah. stuff happens. And then the women come in with guns and these men are hiding and they're frightened. I get it. I mean, if someone came yeah. with a gun, I'd be scared too. But I just feel like, I mean, one, if you put me in the back of a trailer, sent me out, made me strip down naked and said, um, go walk into the sea. And she mentions like, we weren't going to kill him. We were yeah. going to let Annie decide, which, right. okay, that's fine. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Like just I'm not, you're right going to have to shoot me. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to freeze to death. Mm-hmm. You're going to shoot me. And, um, Maybe these men were cowards. Maybe, but we, that's the problem: is we have these killers and victims that we don't know anything about. Right. We don't know their character other than they obviously brutally murdered a woman and then froze to death. Like, yeah. we just don't know them enough. It just, I, it's hard for me to imagine a situation where somebody in sub-zero temperatures, yeah. in the middle of nowhere, saying, "I would I'm like, I'm going to fight. I'm, I would yeah. literally try to attack one of them, get right. a gun, and save myself. I'm not going to strip down naked." It just, yeah. Again, I just don't buy it. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with them being the ones that solve it. I'm okay sure. with them being the ultimate killers. Right. It just wasn't done right. It just wasn't done in a, in a nuanced or even thoughtful way. They yeah. storm this compound like they're sealed, uh, Navy <laughs> sealed. Right. And one, there's why, if this is such a big investment, why is there no security? Yeah. One, you know, to me, it would make much more sense. And again, I don't want to go on the trope of like women poisoning, but yeah. they are there in a cleaning capacity Yeah. while they're sleeping. Why don't they tie them up one by one? This would make sure. much more sense. Right. Like, you know, they let in these other women, like, yeah. and they tie them up in their beds. Like, right. There's a better way to do this. The doors were never locked at Salal or at other places around the town. They mentioned that earlier in the episode because of safety reasons. So yeah, you could have just had that done in the middle of the night. Um, I guess suppose that does that doesn't add to any kind of dramatic flair, or you know what? Maybe if you did it the right way, it would. So if you, it would. I yeah. mean, I'm sorry, but this is just dumb. Mm. You have these women storming in. It just, I, I just have a hard time. Did it take you I out just, of it? You were so it, it completely took yeah. me out. Of it. I, I was just like, this is you're ruining the story Mm -hmm. that you, you had this idea. I think the idea is brilliant. I think it's these women who have suffered loss. They're losing children. They're losing each other. Yeah. They deserve this win, right? They they have no justice for other women that go missing. 
There's uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no justice. They ha- they deserve this, right? Mm-hmm. They deserve to 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 have this reckoning. For, they they deserve to have their revenge. Yeah. I am an Annie's spirit d- deserves to be have justice. Yeah. But the way that this was written and executed was terrible. Mm-hmm. The flashback is terrible. The 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 premises is is there. The execution is dog crap. I'm sorry. It is is yeah. and I. To me, I think that the writer, uh, if if you know Iza and whoever else helped write this, they fumbled the bag. Yeah, everything was there. They had the idea. They had the 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 story, and right. it it failed. They failed. I'm sorry, they failed. I I, I, I hate to cast aspersions. Like I could have done it better, mm-hmm. but I just don't. I don't understand why they did it this way. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly why they did it that way either, but around this point in the episode, I just had a realization. It was the first time I've seen it twice. The first time I watched it, I had the realization that, you know, I'm just going to change the way I watch this. And, mm. you know, I'm I'm going to quit holding it up to, um, I don't want to say hold it up to a high standard, but I'm just going to just let it go as entertainment and 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 just mm. just let it ride a little bit. It's not that I not holding women up to the same standards as, as a men. Um, you and I have complained about Christopher Nolan, especially when we talk about mm-hmm. Oppenheimer, how he, visually his direction is stunning. He knows how to tell a great story, but sometimes the writing um, dialogue, the yeah, dialogue, especially when he doesn't have his brother as a partner, I believe you said sometimes mm-hmm. that um, is a little stilted. Uh, so I just like when I was watching it, I thought I'm just going to go along for the ride. I'm this invested. I'm just going to go for it. And I think honestly, um, the people who enjoyed it probably felt that way. Uh, that's yeah. kind of what it seemed like Alan Seppenwall was saying in his pods. I mm-hmm. mentioned at the beginning of this episode, <clears throat> he had a pretty favorable view of this, Yeah, which was shocking to me. But, um, I, I, I think that's similarly how he viewed it. I yeah. don't think there's any way that you can, I, I, I'm sorry. No credible person is going to say <laughs> this is written, written well. Yeah. It's shot. Well, it's acted great. Yeah. I think that um, as a director, as a Lopez is very talented mm-hmm. as a writer. No, yeah. this is just not good writing. It's just not. And it's a shame <laughs> because it has so many good things to say and it helps shine a light on the plight of domestic violence and the plight of uh, indigenous women in, uh, in, in the great, in, in, in Alaska. Uh, and for anybody who's interested, I've, I've been listening to, and I recommend the HBO official companion podcast uh and every episode highlights the plight that these women go through and how they have no justice and usually in the last third of the episode there's a 10 minute interview with somebody either from that community or somebody who's moved to the greater alaska area and this helping solve the problem that's that's awesome it is pretty cool and maybe you know what maybe that's why i decided to go with it because I just realized that now. Maybe that's why I decided to go with it because I listened to that podcast. And I mean, it, it's, I've tried to do this with my, you know, I'm not a professional critic. So, so like yeah. the handful of people who listen to this, it's not going to affect Isa Lopez, sure. but I try to view these, these, these creators as people. There are some creators I don't like, yeah. like Ridley Scott. If you hear this, um, I hate you. Uh, but, really? We'll have to talk you know, about that later. That's interesting. But, there, there are you know there are people who obviously I have personal beefs with, um, yeah, because of the things that they've done or the way they've treated people, etc. Yeah, but I try to think of these uh, most creators as like 
put myself in their shoes. Sure. But at the same time, I would want constructive criticism. Yeah. I would want to understand why people did not like something mm-hmm. and how I can be better in the future. Yeah. That's the only way to grow as an artist. I think it's particularly when it comes to creating television and visual media and things like that is sure. to get honest feedback of what, what, where did I fail? Mm-hmm. And, these stories are important. Yes. Right? These types of stories are important. So let's make sure that they're good and let's make sure that they're told with nuance right. and, and they are um, lauded, not because of the con uh, of, of the content, but or not because, not because of who is telling the story or what the story is about, but whether or not it's good, like yeah. let's make good stories about things that should be told. And yeah. that's my biggest problem with this mm-hmm. is because everything was there and everything was ripe to just like have this generational story that just put the spotlight on this very real problem. Yeah. And, and honestly, you and the problem is that people don't talk about it enough. Sure. This isn't, this isn't front page newspaper, right? Yeah. This isn't in New York times or, or the, the LA times, yeah. or, you know, it doesn't lead CNN or Fox news or yeah. any of those things. This is back page stuff because people don't care. Yeah. And so it's important. And so that's kind of my issue too. Like I totally agree with what you said. Yeah. And I, I think, and we'll get to our thoughts on the series. Sure. Um, and, and it, like as a whole in the end, mm-hmm. but I just, man, I just, I saw this, I saw this light and I just felt like it dimmed as I got closer yeah. to it. Um, let's uh, talk a little bit about the, I guess the prologue. Yeah. Of that's the, a good way to put of, it. So, Danvers is basically, but well, she did. T- she tells B and Blair like, "Well, the good news is they've already closed the case. It yeah. was a slab av- avalanche, right. and uh, you guys are, are cool." Yeah. Um, and then she mentions the tongue, and Blair it, or B is like, they both kind of look at each other and like, yeah. "We don't know what you're talking about. Right. Um, that was not our story." Yeah. Um, and so we don't know what happened with the tongue. We can touch on that in a minute, okay. but let's just finish out the episode sure. real quick. Um, Danvers is getting interviewed with sunlight coming through the windows yeah. after weeks of darkness. And it's very similar to the Russ Cole interview. Oh, completely um, similar. But, yeah. It and, starts with a camcorder shot and everything. Yep. Yes. Um, and she basically, you know, we find out that Hank's body hasn't been found. Yeah. Peter's in the clear. Um, Navarro hasn't been seen mm-hmm. in a sense. Uh, she doesn't know where she's at. Um, Clark recorded a confession and the mine has been shut down. Yeah. Um, so tied up with a nice little bow. Yeah. And then we see, but then we see Danvers and Navarro together at the end, looking out over um, the water mm-hmm. and um, a beautiful sunny weather. And yeah. um, she meant, she says, this is Enos. Nobody ever really yeah. leaves the end. Um, so real quick, before we go to the tongue, uh, let's talk about this ending a little bit. Sure. Do you think, where, what do you think happened to Navarro? I love the ambiguity of the show. I will say that. Um, I think the way it's framed at the very end with Danvers, them separated, but on the same shot. I think. Uh, I think she's. I think it's her ghost. If I would have to, if I have a gun to my head right now, I would say ghost. She walked out to the to the prologue with the, with the dialogue over it, um, and it was like sunny instead of dark. Which makes yeah. me think, you know, traditional storytelling modes that if you're walking into the light, then something good is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I don't know. She she gave her toothbrush back to, she gave the SpongeBob toothbrush back oh, yeah. to Kavik. Yeah. Um, yeah. She left the one eyed teddy bear for Liz. If she mm-hmm. was going to go see Liz again, 
and knew about it, I don't know that she would have left the one-eyed teddy bear there. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and her clothes are very similar from when we see her walk out to whatever mm-hmm. she's doing then until we see her at the end. That doesn't mean that that's her ghost clothes or whatever. Right. But um, they are the, they are the same. Very similar, at least. Very similar clothes. So I don't know. I, I The ambigu- ambiguity is good, but I think um, the way it was portrayed, I wouldn't even say she succumbed to her demons. It was just like her fate. She got her native name. And then she was out, I guess. I don't know. What do you think? I think you, I agree with everything you said. I, I just really hate, I mean, it, to me, I don't see it as a victory that she committed. Suicide. Sure. Like, to right. Me, yes. That is like a glorification of something that um, I, I wish we could have seen her conquer that. Right. Um, but we don't know. I right. mean, maybe she did. I, like, like that's the, the thing I, I don't want to read into it too much until I hear maybe, uh, and maybe Isa Lopez will tell us the fate of Navarro, yeah. um, or maybe she won't. But I, I feel like it leans towards her killing herself. Yeah, and I, I just, I don't, I don't like that interpretation sure. because I feel like that character deserved better. Yeah, um, you know, I, I wanted to see her thrive and be a successful uh, yeah. ind- indigenous woman who sure. is um, doing her own thing. Um, but is also alive. Yeah. Right. To, to um, me, it was almost like so, a goodwill hunting with a suicide at the end. <laughs> oh, that's a good call. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good call. How you like them apples? Um, How you like them oranges? <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. Um, good one uh yeah so i i don't know i i'm gonna i'm gonna pretend like she's still alive yeah. and she's just doing her thing um maybe living with uh her people and off the grid the thing about that? i like that too the what other we can talk about it what happened to tony soprano we can talk about these things in in forever but danvers says to her towards the end of their time at salal if you decide to do that try and come back now, does that mean try and come back after you've decided to take your own life? Like, try not to make that happen? Or if you take your own life, try to come back and visit me. And I, th- I took well, that as try I, to come back and visit me. I guess, and I don't know, um, I don't know the natives' beliefs, right? I don't know yeah. uh, this particular uh, group's beliefs. I don't know is Lopez's belief, but maybe in some way, you know, they just believe that the spirit life is better, sure. and so maybe this is a happy ending kind of thing. Right. So I, I you know, maybe we are looking at it through a different lens. Sure. Right. That very well could um, be. And to, to go along with that point, um, Rose says that the veil is thinner in Ennis. Yeah, she does. Right. So yeah. Who knows? Good point. Good point. Um, last thing mm-hmm. that we, I think we talk on before we discuss this as a whole, uh, the tongue. Uh, what do you, what are you thinking about that? Uh, I'm going to go with more supernatural and that Annie brought her own tongue back somehow. Cause that's the metaphor for her <laughs> telling her own story. Cause it doesn't really make sense for like, if, if like one, how would Blair and B get the tongue? Yeah. Like that doesn't make sense. Two, uh, some people have been like, "Well, John Hawks cut it out." Like, but why would he? What? Why? What, what, what does that do for him to plant that? Yeah, there? and why is he going? It's going to keep like, it in this freezer, right? For five like, so years, none of, right? Yeah. So, yeah. The only other thing is, 
if Clark had it and dropped it. Like that would be like, you know, some yeah. weird, but I, but again, I don't, I don't mean that would be the only other person. Um, right. But I go back to the reason I don't think it's Clark is I go back to like, he was hiding from the cops. Right. Like he didn't want to be caught. Yeah. Why would he leave that? Like, so there is, um, just some weird, I, I don't know. Uh, I think you're right. I think that's supernatural. I think this leaving this ambiguous is probably one of the, I, I'm okay with this being ambiguous. I am too. Like, and, and maybe Annie, um, when she made her tongue appear supernaturally, whatever, she was also, um, keeping sh- twist and shout on the loop yeah. too, to help Danvers ease her own pain eventually or mm-hmm. come to her own conclusion. I don't know. Right. Right. Um, okay. So let's talk about the general feelings of the show. Yeah. Uh, I'll start out. Yeah, go ahead. And um, I, so <clears throat> I left this obviously disappointed with the finale. Mm-hmm. I thought that it really fumbled the bag, but I didn't leave it without some, I, I feel like it's probably better than season two. It's probably on par with season three mm-hmm. overall. And it's not as good as season one. Yeah. In my opinion as a whole, but I think overall I enjoyed it. I think it's not the best show ever made. I think it's far from it, but the acting and the visuals are just good enough for me Mm -hmm. to kind of look past some of the, and like you said, instead of looking at this as prestige TV and kind of just viewing it through the lens of this is entertainment, it gets a, it gets a, it gets a positive grade for me. So while I didn't love it and I don't think it's great television, I definitely was here for every episode. Yeah. I the highs were high, even and the lows were low. Right. There wasn't a lot uh, in the middle. Um, and there's some really great moments this season that I will remember, mm-hmm. and some really great shots, and some really great execution. Um, and you know, some really bad writing. Uh, just yeah. to be honest. And so I, overall, I came out with I think with a, a positive feeling of the, of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, just not like super positive. I'm not going to be re- telling people all oh, that you, you got to watch season four of true detective. Right. But if someone says how, you know, what did you think about it? I'm like, it was, it was, it was good. It was okay. Yeah. Didn't hate it. Didn't love right. it. Uh, yeah. I, I think you nailed it on a lot of those things. The only thing I can add, the only point I can add, uh, and, and you've mentioned this a couple of pods ago and it seems to be uh, a theory that's gained a lot, gained a lot of traction is that maybe this wasn't initially supposed to be part of the true detective franchise. Right. And um, I can see that, especially given the supernatural element, because this is the only, to my knowledge, true detective season that's really been like, to me, the supernatural existed in this incarnation. So I I can see that. And maybe... um, it just should have been a movie. If, if you if you could have made this, because yeah. there's enough good stuff in this, you could have trimmed a couple characters like Oliver, mm-hmm. and yep. um, we talked about that. And there's, you could have given more time to different relationships and less time to other relationships like uh, Pete and his wife could have been yep. uh, mainstream more, and then Pete and Leah, or maybe somebody smarter than me finds a way to make Leah and um, Make make those ladies the same character. Sure. Um, I don't know. It could have been a movie. I'm certainly not going to tell anybody not to watch it. My wife uh, 
she watches TV a little bit differently than I do, which is to say she calls me a nerd quite a lot and tells me to calm down and quit taking it every right. taking it so seriously. My wife also um, doesn't like stuff, movies like this that have such dark souls, kind of. Which is all to You're say, right. though, yeah. she does like good TV. She just watches TV different than, differently than I do. So there are a lot of people uh, that I would tell to watch this show. People that I know watch TV differently than me. Uh, for pretentious, jerky assholes like you and me, <laughs> I might say put it in the queue. Three or four... Uh, you know, I want to watch Mr. and Mrs. Smith coming up. So if if, if, yeah. if that was if they were, those both popped off right now, I think I would tell somebody like me, give Mr. and Mrs. Smith a chance maybe before this, but watch this show and appreciate it. Sure. And again, uh, what I'm going to write about, come see me at suburbandadpop.blog later. I'm going to connect the dots next week, that is. I'm going to connect the dots between this show and Fargo's most recent season and about how both shows give a voice to the voiceless women living in rural America who are victims of domestic mm-hmm. violence. Can't wait for that yeah. for sure. Um, Aaron's writing is, is, is very good. Oh, thank you. Um, it, it's intimidatingly good. So I, I, yeah, I can, I concur with everything you said. I think that um, you're right. Like the average viewer, of this show mm. is good. I mean, listen, if you like CSI or law and order, yeah, like, you know, yeah. Or how about this? Would you ever seen the the TV show? Um, it was right around um when Breaking Brad was like ending the killing. Oh sure. Um, with right. Uh, oh Joey wow. Kidman. Very similar vibes. Yeah, yeah. Very similar in terms of um. I think that it didn't completely, com- you know, do what it set out to do. Right. right? Um. Um. Fumbled the bag a little mm-hmm. bit at the at the end. Um. That was I think three or four seasons, yeah. but. Um, of the continuous same story, maybe three seasons. I can't right. remember. But anyways, um, if you like that show, sure. you're going to like this season. Absolutely. You know? So the, the mystery, like true detective season one, in my opinion, um, is pretty much a work of art in a lot of Absolutely. ways. Absolutely. But, but that finale wasn't for everyone either. I mean, we have to remember no. because there was no, supernatural right? right that's the thing is everything came crashing down and mm. evil it, was just a man his brain was fried from the drugs and the stress and his daughter dying like he was imagining right. and hallucinating all the supernatural the whole time uh, yes exactly exactly um one thing i do that you just i just popped in my head and i want to get your thoughts mm-hmm. on this and i think again it i don't again want to continually crap on this show but they never explain the injuries like what do you think that like why did were their corneas burnt? Why oh, was the injuries the same? That was Annie. That was that Annie? was Annie. That uh, absolutely. But why did that happen to well, Heist? Okay, I don't think I think those were spirit people with, with with all the scientists out on the ice. I think that was Annie getting her revenge, and then maybe some Weiss Otis had some sort of enemy on the other side as well. I think those were supernatural okay. to me because okay. Clark did not have those same injuries. Those, right. He didn't have the same injuries. Yeah. Exactly. I just, that was never explained. Yeah. And I was like, that seems like a, like they made such a big deal about right. this and trying to figure out like, cause you know, they continually yeah. went after him. Like, why do you have these injuries? What, what, what happened? Right. What happened? And it just never got, I, th- I think, it, and I think, go ahead. 
real quick, going back to your point of like this being possibly, you know, a movie, yeah. I feel like there was probably more to that in terms of supernatural sure. or something. Yeah. And it may have gotten cut yep. out of the script. And to go along with that supernatural, just real quick as well, I think to back up my point, um, so we thought at the end of episode four, Navarro's ears were bleeding from a concussion or right. something. That was also supernatural. Yeah. Anytime her ears bled, it was supernatural, just like the scientists out there. Uh, and when they okay. were in the ice caves and her uh, PTSD supernatural, she took her back to the desert, which was a whole plot that mm-hmm. we didn't even need. The whole desert stuff. Yeah. Um, right. Her ears would bleed then too. So anytime the supernatural spirits were around gotcha. and angry, uh, people's ears were bleeding. So that, yeah, that was kind of like a, a sign or a yeah. tell of uh, when, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Okay. I, I can buy that. Mm-hmm. I can buy that. I'll, I'll sell for that. Um, anything else you want to say about True Detective season four no. finale? I think we covered it all. Uh, the only Okay. One last thing I guess I would say is that, uh, and I do not have her name in front of me right now. It's been a long day. Excuse me. It's school, everyone. Um, Navarro, the lady who plays Navarro. Uh, uh, Kelly Reese. Thank you, Kelly Reese. Uh, my my uh, prediction. Let's check this out in uh, 24 months. But Kelly Reese is uh she's going to blow up. You're going to see her a lot of different places. I think uh, she's, she's yeah. she really proved herself here. Uh, she just doesn't look like anybody else, hardly in Hollywood. Right. So she's, yeah. she's seems to be smart from the podcast I've listened to. She's very smart. Uh, she doesn't look like anybody else. And for this being her first acting gig, um, pretty incredible. So watch watch for big things for her. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, she doesn't get tabbed for some kind of superhero movie. Let's ah, be with you. there you go. That's smart. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, and I will say the same thing about Finn Bennett, yes. uh, who plays Peter. I think he's super talented, and I think we're going to see more of him yeah. along somewhere along the line. Um, I was just trying to look real quick at their at both of their IMDb's mm-hmm. to see if they have anything upcoming. Finn Bennett has a movie in post production called Somewhere in Dreamland, uh-huh. which is written and it's written and directed by someone I'd never heard of. Okay. Um, don't really know what it's about. Um, and then let's look at Callie Reese's, see if she has anything on doc. Well, she um, doesn't now I, she's going to soon. Yeah. Um, for sure. I, uh, she's got two projects upcoming. One is okay. So it's a sequel to, I, I mentioned wind river earlier, no way. but she, yeah, she's in a sequel, um, and, uh, to wind river called wind river rising. Um, it's not, Written and directed by, um, oh my gosh, his name is Lopez. Just, uh, no, the guy, the person oh. who didn't win the first one, River, oh, sorry, um, yeah. Taylor Sheridan. Okay. Who, you know, mm-hmm. Yellowstone guy. Yeah. Um, it's written and directed by Carrie Scoglin. Don't know who that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it stars Callie Reese, Jason Clark, and Scott Eastwood. A wave of murders and uh, that remain unsolved. FBI helps enlist. Uh, Hansen, who finds himself embroiled in a desperate, dangerous fight between authorities, a vigilante, and the reserve he calls home. Um, so another indigenous story. Yeah. And then uh, something that is in post-production, but it doesn't have a title. And it's by written and directed by Max Walker Silverman, who um, has did nothing I've ever heard of. So um, <laughs> she's got a couple okay. projects on the, on the docket. Um, yeah. Wind River, Wind... When I don't know why that's so hard for me to say. Wind River Rising mm-hmm. is a post-production and is probably said to come out next year. So okay, 
Excellent. So she's got some stuff coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if she gets more mainstream stuff. You're right. After, after this yeah. as well. Um, all right. I think that's going to do it. And this was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Man. I'm so glad we did yes. this. Um, it made the viewing experience so much better in my opinion. Yeah. And I, um, I'm grateful that we got this opportunity. Yes. Don't know what, when the next time we'll podcast is. I don't know what the next podcast will be. Right. Um, but we will keep everyone abreast. Yes. Let's, uh, let's hear more about where we can find your work on the internet. All right, everybody, please come see me at suburban dad pop dot blog. I'm going to try to by the, uh, let me see the 26th of February, which will be next Monday to have the, uh, article that I just discussed linking, the themes from True Detective to uh, the the themes of the most recent and incredibly impressive season of Fargo, number five. I can't say enough good things about Fargo. You should watch it. I can't wait to you watch it. I need I need to watch it. Yeah, uh, I need to watch it. It is great. Sure. Juno Temple, uh, who I always thought was kind of just the pretty goofball chick from Ted Lasso. Uh, I, I see <laughs> her in a totally new light now. This is only the second thing I've ever seen her in. Juno Temple kicks ass and Fargo five is almost as good as Fargo season two and better than Fargo season one. Do yourself a favor and watch killer Joe, which, uh, stars Matthew McConaughey. It's a <clears throat> William Freakin film. Um, and Juno temples in that as well. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, it's an interesting movie. Yeah. It's a, it's a brutal, brutal movie, yeah. but she plays a very dark character in that. Um, that's I've known her for dark roles. Okay. Uh, so, um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, she's a talented actress. So I'm really talented. surprised she didn't, she hasn't blown up. Um, yeah. honestly, um, you can find more, more of my work on the internet at call That's call with a K check out, uh, my TikTok, which we're running live right now. Woo-hoo! Um, <laughs> that's called a pop. That's called the K on TikTok, where I review movies and TV shows and talk about basketball. And then you can find me on midnight film review on the Instagrams. Aaron, like I said, once again, it was a blast. Absolutely, brother. We'll, I'm sure we'll do this again yeah. soon with something else. Um, but that's going to do it for this episode. We will catch you on the flip side. Yeah.